Welcome to the Freelance Ads Club podcast with me, your host, Aggie Moroni. Whether you're a veteran freelance ads manager or just thinking about dipping your toe into the world of self-employment, this podcast is for you. Every week, I'll be speaking about my own experiences as a freelance ads manager, sharing a freelancer spotlight where I'll have a chat with one of the amazing members of the Freelance Ads Club, where I'll be asking guests to share their knowledge and experience in ads across all platforms and business. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. In today's episode of the Freelance Ads Club podcast, I am speaking to Diksha Gupta, who is one of the amazing members of the Freelance Ads Club. Diksha has by far the most international client base of anybody in the membership. And for that reason, I just had to get her on, give us a, uh, share her wisdom and give us an insight into how she manages clients across so many different time zones, dealing in so many different currencies, you know, how she maintains her boundaries. And I thought it'd be really useful for other freelancers to hear her wisdom and her experience because it's really common for us to be approached by businesses that are based globally just because of the nature of what we do. So if you're thinking of expanding your client book to include clients from different regions, or maybe you already have clients that are based globally, I think you'll really benefit from hearing what Diksha had to share with me. She also shared a few things that I wasn't expecting would impact her business, but they do. So take a listen and let us know what you think. Hi, Diksha. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Eggy. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. So I'm really excited to talk to Diksha today because we're going to be talking about her very vast experience in working with international clients. She probably has the most diverse book of clients I've ever heard of, which is incredible. Um, but before we dive into that, I'm going to ask Diksha the question that I ask all my guests, um, the very first one, which is just introduce themselves and also, Diksha, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up where you are today. Sure. So my name is Diksha Gupta. I'm from India, residing in the foothills of Himalaya. So it's a beautiful place. It's a yoga capital. And here I do remote work. I started my own agency by the name of Marketing Manthan. Manthan is an Indian word, which, which means uh, everything. Like it's a combination of everything. And I just believe that marketing is not only one aspect, it, it, uh, it comprises of everything. That's why I gave this name to my agency. Um, I got this from, uh, I did MBA in marketing. And during those days, I did a lot of internships. And luckily, I landed up into one internship, which, is, which was into e-commerce brand. And there I learned a lot of um, performance marketing tricks. Like one of them was Facebook ads. Then Google ads, email marketing, influencer marketing, everything. But majority of the revenue for that brand was turning out from Facebook ads. And therefore, I just developed a lot of skills there. And today, I am Facebook certified media buyer, manage more than 80 plus accounts. And uh, every month, I handle somewhere around 300k USD budget across the brands. So that's incredible. That's a very fast summary of your life in marketing. Um, so tell me, 
how like what kind of brand did you work with at the beginning because it sounds like you had so much such a varied experience working with that e-commerce brand and it kind of launched you to what you do now Yes, so I started with, as I told you during internship, that was an e-commerce brand in an apparel industry. So I did a lot of lifestyle brands. I did shoes brand, bags brand, and jewelry. Jewelry is one of my top niches along with apparels. So these, uh, I just helped brand owners across the world, majorly based out of UK, US, and Canada, who bring in great ROS to them and um I just don't help them only with Facebook ads or Google ads. I help them holistically in the business. Because uh, when you want to bring in return to the business, it's not only about ads. There are a lot of other things like logistics is there, stocks are there. I just guide them across the business. And um, how there's a reason how I can help them with this is like I introduce my own brands. I do a lot of Shopify testing, Shopify store testing. I get to know what generally owners uh, face challenge when, you know, when they start a business or when they in the middle of their business. So I do it myself and then I can step into their foot and uh, step into their shoes and, you know, understand their issues so that I can give them appropriate solutions. Yeah, there's definitely a unique perspective if you've run those e-commerce brands yourself, you know, exactly what their challenges are. Yeah. So because experience important than theoretical studies and YouTube videos when you experience yourself that's different oh absolutely and I think with e-commerce things move so fast that if you watch something on YouTube or you know you read a blog it's already out of date because things change so fast so it's good that you've got that first-hand experience exactly and with AI introduction it's like rapid hugely it's very exciting though very exciting so the reason I I wanted to ask Diksha on today is because Diksha is a member of the Freelance Ads Club and during our connection calls Diksha always has intriguing stories about the clients that she's working with and they're always from around the world like Diksha definitely has the most international client base of anyone in the membership I think but I just thought that with that you learn so many lessons on how different clients work in different countries, the logistics of that as well. Like, I mean, what what would you say were the kind of regions that you work with the most? So I have worked with the most from UK region and Canada and US. I had four, five to six clients from Australia as well. Not only that, I have worked with African clients as well and European clients as well, based out of Switzerland, Italy and different parts of the world, uh, even Spain. Yes, so I have kind of worked in every geography part of the world. So I got I got chance to work from different part is through agencies. So I generally mm-hmm. like um, agents situated in these regions approach me for handling their accounts. And when I handle their account, I have to speak to business owners. I have to speak to agency owners, etc. This gives me a lot of versatility in my experience. Definitely. And I guess the thing, because I know there'll be a lot of, not just freelancers listening to this, but also maybe agencies that also are looking to diversify to different regions, or maybe they've received leads or inquiries from different regions. So it'd be really interesting to hear from you how you manage certain aspects of those relationships. So it must be challenging, I assume, to manage relationships across different time zones. 
do you have a way that you manage that uh yeah so there's a lot of challenge not only in terms of different time zone time zones but also in terms of culture like mm. european likes football a lot and you know in us uh, people talk a lot about um marvel series and all those things so i have to get acquainted not only with business but outside business work also so that i can create a certain bond with them so yeah it is challenging it 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 requires a lot of work to understand uh, their actual uh, psychological behavior etc and in terms of time zone i i think in starting off my career i have worked 24/7 maybe it's 3 in the night or 4 in the night i will be available avail- uh, for the work and calls but now i have set up a time of 12 hours and uh, i'm not working for this entire 12 hours but yes i am available in these slots and whatever time suits to the client i make myself available for the meetings yeah i can imagine if you don't have those boundaries in place It, you just burn out because it's impossible to work twenty four seven for a long period of time. Yeah. So how how do you communicate your sort of your availability? Do you have like a booking calendar with them so that it's just dynamic for them? They can book in it during their time zone, or how do you manage that? Yes. See, in starting, I um, I tried to communicate verbally or through Slack or different channels. But after some time, maybe after two three months only, I realized it is really important to have calendarly link. Uh, you should give the number of option for them to book the slots. If you're going to give only one or two option and that to an email or maybe on Slack, it is difficult for them to uh, book meeting for you. So calendarly is my go to tool always. Perfect. And is there you mentioned Slack as well is that a way that you communicate with your clients? Yeah, uh, so with almost all the client we use Slack. We do use WhatsApp also but with very few clients, especially the one who is based out of Philippines. So those people require WhatsApp. Uh, I don't know why like everybody is on Slack but they prefer that. But apart from that, I think entire world is entire professional world is switching on to Slack. and i do share my phone number my personal mobile number with them in case of any emergency so i am open to uh, whatsapp and other things also but um, business owners and clients are also professional enough to ping me only on slacks you're lucky <laughs> cuz i've worked with brands that don't have the boundaries so <laughs> it's good that you've managed yeah. to um kind of communicate that with your clients so that they know how to work with you best yeah the thing that's striking me the most is the flexibility that you need to work with an international client base because something that i see quite a lot in the uk when you know there's advice to freelancers or you know people starting out in business so not even freelance just like general business advice it's very rigid so it's not very fluid in how you should work as a business so you know there's like never give your phone number only only communicate via email block you know like really it's kind of indoctrinated and in that this is how you should work but i personally find that you do need to be a little bit flexible because people don't just fit into a box and i think even more so from what you're saying it's so different between different countries how business is is done whether and it's also really interesting what you say culturally because i've i've seen that personally in my career when i deal with businesses in different countries or with an international workforce it's very different how you communicate as well yeah that's absolutely right 
and um, yes, flexibility is required. And above that, we are dealing with these small scale business owners. We are not dealing with Coca Cola or you know uh, big brands. There, the professionalism is different. But right now, their heart and soul money is invested in the business. So we have to be really connected with the business owners that yes, every penny will be paid. So we have to give that confidence and that can be given only through a personal touch. Absolutely. Yeah. So customer service is a really important part of that and reassurance and building the trust. So apart from sort of empathy, I guess, for it, that, that's an empathetic um, skill and showing willingness to, you know, empathize or not empathize but um understand the cultural elements of their day so nothing to do with their business but if they like certain sports or shows and things like that to take the time to look into that which might not be something that's that important in your own culture do you find that takes a lot of your time or do you like that not really it's been seven plus years i have been working with different uh, uh, clients different countries so now it's easy for me but yeah, in starting, it was kind of difficult, uh, but it interests me a lot. Even uh, like that's my imbibe quality. Uh, I'll tell you about my personal self. So I just love India is a big country. And after every hundred kilometers, there's a different cultural diversity. So I just love to understand culture. I did my grad from some other state. I did my uh, postgrad from some other state just to develop myself, understand people, understand culture. So I like that. And when it comes to internationally, I just love that. Like it's, it is coming into my work also. Uh, I did it in studies. I'm doing it in work. So I just kind of love. So it is not hectic for me. Amazing. I guess just going back to like the more practical side of your experience. So dealing with so many different countries, how do you get paid? Like what currencies do you get paid in? Do, is it local currency to them or dollars or how does that work for you? So, uh, again, there was a transformation from, you know, uh, gradually. So, previously, I used to use PayPal, but now we are using international bank transfer. I just ensure that client is comfortable with whatever method we are using. And generally, most of the client is comfortable with international um, bank transfer. Like, that's like net banking, internet banking. So most of the client, every bank account have this, so uh, we use this, and the fees which is involved in PayPal is too high. Mm -hmm. And here it is almost negligible. Like 90% of the client is using international bank transfer. Few of them use PayPal. Uh, yeah, these two are enough. Otherwise, there are a few more like wise transfer and other uh, pioneer is also there. So sometimes we use that, but majorly international banking. Okay. And is it always in one currency? Because I know this is a question I get asked so much by like U UK freelancers that maybe work with a US brand or Australian brand, even European. And they're like, I don't know how to charge. I don't know if it's, I should charge in pounds or in dollars or do you have a preference or is this an easy way for you? So as I told you, I always prefer how clients want and clients generally prefer to deal in their mm -hmm. currencies. So they suppose they are from UK. So they pay me in GBP, but when it comes to my country, it turns it converts into INR. So it's like foreign remittance is received by my bank. Bank take my uh, uh, approval and after that they convert into my currency. So if UK, it's GBP. If US, it's USD. If Canada, it is Canadian dollars. So it is always their country's uh, currency. And then it comes to my bank and converted. Mm, interesting. Because 
personally, when I've worked with foreign businesses, I've always just billed them in the pounds. So I, but yeah, I guess it's just different, isn't it? I guess whatever works and whatever systems you have in place that works for you, doesn't it? Yeah. So I don't impose my currency on them. It's their currency and I just transfer in my currency. Mm -hmm. And one thing that as a business owner, I'm sure you've been asked a lot in the past is how do your clients find you? Uh, my clients, um, they they comment that I am very well in communication. So I, I ensure that everything is well communicated, what is happening in their account, what, what should be done in the future. So they just say that I'm very streamlined and which makes them very comfortable and gain confidence to give them their business in my hand because marketing is like breath of any business. So if they're providing me marketing this domain, then it's, uh, you know, it's very important. So I generally get a lot of uh, comments on the communication and uh, sharing the strategies and etc. So I'm very open to speak and take meetings. Amazing. And how do you find your clients or how, how do they come across you? Uh, there are multiple methods. So every year I evolve and take a step ahead. So I started with Fiverr R, honestly. My first client was of $5 and it's been like eight years back. And since then, I'm just growing. After Fiverr R, I picked to Upwork. And these small clients are turning out to be the huge client, the client who... I still remember there was my first one of the first few clients and he paid me $20 and right now he's paying me $2,000 every month, which is good enough because, and it hardly takes up my time. Like I'm investing six to seven hours per month and he's paying me $2,000. In Media Bank, it's not about time, it's about your skills. So maybe I'm investing six hours. So some other person might require more hours, but Yes, so I always take up small clients also, low-paying clients also, which ultimately turns out to be high-paying clients. These clients give me references also. That's another way. Um, now I am Upwork, I'm on Upwork also. Like I have around 25 to 35 star reviews. and I don't work much there, but I generally get self-invites on the proposals. So those are the, those clients. And then um, LinkedIn is always there. I post content on LinkedIn. Then the fourth step, which I'm uh, recently starting, is email marketing. Okay. So just before this podcast, I was I was setting up my email boxes and I'm planning to shoot the cold email outreach. And I am I think I'm planning that through this email marketing, uh, my monthly income might turn into twenty five to thirty thousand dollars. That's amazing. But just to touch on something you said there as well that you only do six to seven hours for $2,000. And it's just so important to stress that it is not about the hours you work. Because I think as a media buyer and anyone listening to this who is a media buyer will totally understand, you're paid for not doing anything as well. So, the, you know, you're just watching, you know when to step in. So you'll know from your experience, okay, it's time to make a change. But that sitting on your hands and watching is also your expertise so the fact that you're not actually in the ad account making a change doesn't mean you're not working so I think that's something that a lot of brands when they ask how much you charge an hour they don't understand that exactly exactly it's not a content writing job or it's not a data entry job that we charge per hour basis it's it's purely a skill-based job absolutely so 
something that I'm going to start asking all my freelance or business owner guests on this series. There's a new question, but I think it's something that you everyone will go through at some point when they're running their own business. So what is the biggest lesson you've learned or a mistake that you've made working with international clients? Um, mistake, I would say, um, as such, no mistake, I would say. But yeah, uh, there was a there was a gap which I you know uh, stopped doing. So after a few after a few years, I just stopped taking low paying clients, and I realized that they're the actual uh, financials for my business lies. So once I stopped taking low paying clients, it's all about hyping, and I was I was getting good enough income. But then gradually, uh, if one of the client goes, the business is, you know, suffers a lot. So there is very important to give 30 to 40 percent or maybe 20 to 40 percent of your portfolio to low paying clients also. Because they are the, um, you know, important part of your business who keeps your business always running. I have seen a good agencies based out of UK and Canada and uh, many top countries that they charge. They have clients who are paying only hundred dollars. So, and that was quite shocking for me, like they are taking a client who is paying $100. But uh, after that, I realized that that's a big mistake. I stopped taking low paying clients. It is very important to have clients from all the genre and all the uh, industries to maintain your business always running. So you diversify now. So you have a mix of clients paying you different amounts, I guess, for different services as well. So you're not, you don't have all your eggs in one basket exactly exactly you cannot afford doing that once you have you know uh, people to pay you their houses their bills their expenses depend on you then you cannot take such risk absolutely well this has been very enlightening about in working with international clients so as a final question I guess which hasn't been on the which wasn't on the pre-sent list so I'm going to catch you off guard now would you have um, any advice for anyone who has been approached by an international client or is thinking about diversifying to work with international clients is there a piece of advice that you would have for them Uh, I would suggest if anybody is going international just try to um, very important it's really important to have the cultural understanding once you have the cultural understanding you can easily crack the sales call you can easily crack the customer avatars and marketing hook what kind of uh, uh, creatives we have to make for uh, making a successful marketing campaign so i think everything starts from a culture just understand the culture you can easily gel up with the business owners their team everyone so i think that's the most advice I would have that's great well as kind of to wrap up why don't you let us know how people can contact you or you know how they can get in touch if they'd like to work with you uh so they they can contact me on LinkedIn they can email me uh on Diksha on Diksha at the rate com, and uh they can contact me on my phone number which is double nine double nine three nine double four five eight country code is plus nine one Perfect. I'll add all those details in the show notes as well. Well, Diksha, thank you so much for your time and for joining me today. It's been fascinating to have an insight into international client management. And for everyone else, I will speak to you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you, Aggie. Thank you for calling me. 
thank you for listening to this episode of the freelance ads club podcast if you're a freelance ads manager don't forget to download the free client onboarding trailer you can find in the show notes if you're a brand or agency looking for support from one of our community visit our website at thefreelanceadsclub.com to access our member directory tune in next time